Welcome to the Dining on a Dime Food Radio Show with food author Kevin Wilson, chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock, giving you the most informative, up-to-date culinary tips, news, and interviews that you can find. Now, let's get the show started. All right, everyone, welcome to Dining on a Dime for our listeners around the world via the podcast. Today's episode is all about hoagies, heroes, grinders, zeps, and wedges. For our local listeners listening on Drive Time, Tuesday night, 6 p.m. on WWDB Talk Radio, in studio, our special expert analyst is Michael Tuono uh, from TNN Homemade Kitchen. And Jeet's truck, food truck. Uh, let's get the show started. Let's talk about the history, Chef, of hoagies. Let's talk. There are several stories. Let's let's talk about the history of hoagies. Well, let's start off with the fact that whether you call it a torpedo, a submarine, an Italian, a hero, a grinder, a wedge, or even a spucky, they're all Italian hoagies based from Philadelphia. There's a lot of different theories. So the two main theories in the city of Philadelphia are one that the sandwich made its debut in a place called Hog Island, which was a shipbuilding uh, facility down along Delaware, right where the airport is now, and that the sandwiches that the men brought, filled with Italian meats and and you know good bread from the local bakery, they began calling it a hog or a Hog Island sandwich, and then it became the hoagie. The problem with that theory is the debut at a hoagie really popularized in the late 20s. Hog Island was closed in 1921. So all you Hog Island believers, I'm going to say, nah, it ain't happening. <laughs> the chef disagrees. So my and, – and I like that theory the best. I think it's the most fun. It's really, it's really energetic and it's just a great thing paying tribute. But we could also pay tribute to the Navy Yard in itself – when it opened up where it's currently at in South Philadelphia, there was a great local jazz musician by the name of Al De Palma. And Al wanted to get into the sandwich business. So he was down at the Navy base like kind of looking for some potential clients and looking whatever. And he saw a gentleman eating one of these big sandwiches that he brought in from home. And he made the comment to himself that, my God, you need to be a hog to eat that. So when he went back and recreated the sandwiches, he started calling them a hoggy. He ended up opening a business at 20th and Mifflin, and the business just fed the Navy Yard. It fed the, Navy, the, the ship workers down there, and he actually, his big sandwich was all called the hoggy. And he ended up being called the king of hoggies. That his business, 20th and Mifflin is where his business was located. I kind of lean towards that one. I think it's a very cool thing. I love the jazz musician tied to it. But there are some others, too. Many years ago, there was a play debuting in Philadelphia. Gilbert and Sullivan were doing a play. It was uh, HMS Pinafore. And the local bakeries started making a very long roll called a Pinafore. And we had gentlemen in the city, the early street vendors in the city of Philadelphia were called Hokey Pokey Men. So there's a theory that, you know, the Hokey Pokey Men, the Hokey Pokey became the ho- the Hoagie. I don't go with that one either. Yeah, I'm that doesn't sound right, Chef. You know? And then there's that blasphemous one that it actually became, it was made 
in Chester, Pennsylvania, by a local Italian deli down there, and they created the thing. No, no, Hoagie South Philadelphia stopped the Chester stuff. There's also talk about the Deacon Stanza family up in Northeast Philadelphia. Starting that again, no, we're going to go to South Philadelphia. We're going to go with the Hoagie. And last but not least, the, the silliest one is that there was a sandwich that was popular at the time called a, a hobo. The hobo sandwich was actually made famous in the Holmesburg area, and the people thought that the hobo became the hoagie. Again, I'm not buying that. Okay. I'm going to go with the De Palma theory of it all. I, I like that. I love that you know, not only did we have the king of steaks, now we have the king of hoggies or king of hoagies as it be. But I, I, I want to touch on um, heroes because I grew up in Connecticut and yep. heroes are, are what we called hoagies. Same thing, but it's definitely like called heroes. So there, that's there, in New York. Yes. Yeah, so there's in two Connecticut. New York and Connecticut. There's two theories on that one. So the first is that it's kind of a knockoff of the hero, you know, becoming the hero. The timing isn't really right um, with that. The Greek food, you know, play into the city really wasn't until like the 40s, and the hoagie was already out then. My favorite part of this one is there was a gentleman who wrote. For the New York Herald Times, no longer exists anymore. But the New York Herald Times, his name was Clementine Paddleworth, <laughs> one of the name. great names of all time. So he saw somebody eating the hoagie, which was a Philadelphia, you know, sandwich. He saw somebody people people eating that, and he made the comment that, "Wow, you need to be a hero to eat that sandwich," and it kind of stuck. Goes up. Connecticut a little bit further, you know, there is the submarine. There's the theory in New England that the submarine sandwich is, you know, based off of the delis up there producing sandwiches for the submarine base in Groton, Connecticut. Right, I heard that story. Again, you know, I know that there is a listing for a submarine sandwich dating back to 1940 in the Wilmington, Delaware phone book oh. for a restaurant that sold submarine sandwiches. So I struggle with that Groton theory, but, you know, it works. In New England, you get two sandwiches. So in New England, you get a grinder or you get a sub. Okay. You know, one or the other. Really depends on whether it's hot or cold up there. That's the big thing up there. Okay. Then you get into a very small section of New York, Westchester County, New York. They call it a wedge. We have a huge listening audience in New York. So the wedge in Westchester, the theory behind that was that there was a, a small Italian deli. Actually, Landy's was what they believe it was right by Yonkers High School is where Landy's is located, if you've ever been. Great, great deli. But at Landy's, the Italian mother, who had a very heavy accent, when people would you know order a sandwich, she would, with that real heavy Italian accent, you know, I need a sandwich. I need a sandwich. And it uh, became the, the wedge. wedge. Yeah. Okay. The other part of that is they cut them on a diagonal. So it actually gave it that little wedge. Nobody really knows which one it was. I kind of like the, I like the linguistics play always. So I'm going to go with that heavy Italian accent going with the, the sandwich, the sandwich, you know. But no matter how you cut it, no matter how you say it, the hoagie is quintessential Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. 
change my mind, I challenge you. I agree. And we have experts in the studio. Michael Tuono, uh, TNN Homemade Kitchen, uh, specializes yes, in I hoagies. Mean, but touch on, let's talk about Gene. Let's talk about what do you guys think makes a hoagie? Because people have different theories. Uh, what do you think the perfect hoagie is? I mean, definitely lunch meat sliced thin. Okay. It's all about the roll. Some people nowadays like the seated roll, but back, you know, when my parents opened up their first shop in 1980, I was seven years old, there was really no such thing as the sesame seeded roll. Okay. Everything was just a regular hoagie roll or with some people. I mean, we call them hoagie rolls, and then other people call them Godfrey Gibbid got baguettes. I don't Sorry. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 we no, heard we screaming through the radio. Use that, we don't use that word. Yeah, that's very yeah, French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't use that word. Yeah, in Philadelphia but, uh, area, yeah, it's a hoagie. It's a hoagie roll. <laughs> We're Italian loaf. Yeah. You know, would you like half a loaf or a whole loaf? But um and then, you know, you have your your thin, you know, your iceberg lettuce, your your onions, your tomatoes, you know, and you know, salt, pepper, oregano has to go in there, your spite you know, your special spices. Are you guys are you guys lettuce tomato on a hoagie or see I can't handle uh, vegetables on my sandwich. I I personally like the you know adding on veggies. Um, I like I like lettuce. I like chopped lettuce. I like spinach. Get some more nutrients in that. That um, I love to add tomatoes. But actually, what I love more is roasted bell peppers. Oh, oh okay. God, I, love I can handle that. Yeah, Chef. What's your perfect idea of a hoagie? So, <clears throat> I'm the anti-veggie person. Okay. Now I'm looking at two absolutely phenomenal. We, we can't wait to One talk to Michael about this. One is a beautiful Italian hoagie, and the other is a fried hoagie. Yes. And we'll talk about me, that. You heard me but correctly. But excellent. to me, just the meats and good cheeses. So short of TNN and short of Primos is another place that I love to go to. My favorite two hoagies in the world. One is from Delaware County, um, a place called Rolin. And there is no lettuce tomato on that. I mean, I get the Godfather when I'm there. Nice. And it is just an amazing sandwich. You know, cap- dry capicola, super set, prosciutto, you know, your um, your hot ham, and good aged provolone, and just layered on. I'm great with that. But then I also go up to a place in Bucks County, um, <clears throat> Village Pantry, and I get their hoagie with the lettuce, tomato, onions, Roasted peppers, everything like that. And we're going to be talking to Eric from Primo's in our next segment. So the COO of Primo's Hoagies is is going to be talking to us. Uh, Primo's is one of my favorite hoagies. Uh, So go ahead, Chef. So, Michael, talk to me about the fried hoagie. This is just – I had one already. I'm going to go in for my second in a few minutes. It's just an amazing thing. Um, How did it come about? Now, Michael Tuono from TNN Homemade Kitchen has created a fried hoagie. We got about a minute and a half. Go ahead, Mike. Tell us. Uh, Just like all create creations, um, they were born out of almost accident, you would say. Uh, We were doing the job with one of our food trucks uh, that we call the Jeep Mobiles. You know, the (laughs) old South Philly Jeep. 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 That's our slogan (laughs) and and our moniker. Uh, we were doing a first birthday party, and we were doing some fried Oreos and fried Twinkies and fried different stuff for the kids, and we had some hoagies there. And then one of the patrons of the guest of the party said, why don't you fry one of those hoagies? We are like, okay, 
Let's do it. And the fried hoagie was born. And we will so be we, talking about that in depth Yeah. in our third segment today. This is delicious. Uh, we'll talk about how the lettuce and tomato stays the same, even though it's fried. Uh, chef, last thought, final thoughts on hoagies before we talk to one of my favorite hoagies, uh, Primo Hoagies. So <clears throat> my final thought on hoagies, like anything else, good in good out nice quality in quality out don't skimp on the quality of your meats the quality of your bread the quality of your olive oil anything just like doing computer good quality in good quality out and send us your emails if you debate our theory on how the gogi was created dining on a dime at yahoo.com to reach out to the show when we come back from break we are going to talk to one of my favorite hoagies uh, Primo's Hoagies, and we'll have Eric on the phone. Let's go to break. To become a sponsor of our show and promote your business or event on every single podcast platform, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, in addition to WWDB Talk Radio every Tuesday at 6 p.m. evening drive time, email us today at diningonadime at yahoo.com for our very low rates. All right, we're back. Chef Gene introduced this fantastic guest. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Eric Bonner, the COO of Primo's Hoagies. Eric has a truly unique story. Eric started as a young man of 17, kind of summer work, part-time work at one of the original Primo's. And he has... I literally held every position that you could imagine all the way up to the COO of Primos. It's a man who really knows the job inside out and backwards and, you know, can go in and teach, train, and make a sandwich at any location. So that being said, welcome, Eric. Uh, it's great. Thanks. Thanks for the intro, guys. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. So, Eric, I mean, literally, you, you started with the original you know, what's it like? How you know, what was it like back then to get started with the family and, and, and their their idea of, you know, taking a mom and pop which produced a great sandwich, you know, into the national spotlight. Tell us about that. It has been awesome. I mean, it's been a, a dream come true. I mean, it's a great family. It's still family owned and operated to this day. And as you mentioned earlier, it's all about quality and that's something that we, we stick with. It's uh Quality is the name of the game, and then from everything that we do, it, it starts with the quality, and that's what Primo's is all about. So no, no matter what we're doing, new creations, anything that we do, it, it always you know it always starts and ends with the quality of the product. Um, you know, a few years back, we started with meatballs, and, and it was it was a long process, it really a couple year process for us. And but it's a family owned and operated or uh, a family recipe that was manufactured that's manufactured for us, but we don't just, you know, pick anything and roll it out there. It's really about quality, and we stick to that to this day. So as we grew over the years, that's really from, from day one uh, with the, you know, the family that started, the, the Primos, that, that's what we stuck with. It's all, it's all about quality. One of the things that I find amazing, and I travel a great deal and I eat a lot of different places throughout the country, I go into a Primos in Tampa, I go into a Primos in Carolina, I go to a Primos in upstate New York, and I go to a Primo's in Philadelphia. I get the exact same product at any Primo's. How do you do that for something as complex as a hoagie place? I mean, I get Burger King, McDonald's. It's a pretty pretty simple process. But how do you do that at Primo's? 
So you're right, and, and everything we do, as you mentioned, it's not as simple as you know pressing a button. All of our hoagies are freshly sliced or freshly made to order, so so a lot goes into it. And you know there are no shortcuts when it comes to our hoagies. You know we put a lot of TLC into our hoagies, so we we have a great operations team. We have a great team here at, at the corporate office, and we make sure that um, you know quality and consistency is is always top of mind. And we have a big team here, and we have a, our operations team does a great job. We have a great training program. Um, when our new franchisees join on, they come to our, you know our our training location right here in the Philly area, and they go through a, a, a pretty pretty uh, a long training program to get them up to speed of where they need to be. Um, and then it's the ongoing support. So we're we're visiting the stores. We, you know our field team, they're probably out in the stores maybe once twice twice a month to to make sure that where each of our franchisees are upholding the brand standards. You know, our, our name's on the hoagie, and we make sure that, you know, that, like you said, I mean, that means a lot. That you, if, When you go to our store in Philly and you go to our store in Florida, you're getting the exact same taste and feel um, um, as, as you get in our Philly store. So we, we put a lot into that. We, we make sure that our, our teams are, are trained properly and they understand our values and everything that goes into to making a primo. What is your footprint? Where, where are your stores, you know? Give us an idea of where we can find Primo's Hoagies throughout the nation. Yeah, so so right now, I mean, we, we have 79 locations up and down the East Coast. We're in six states, PA, Jersey, Delaware, uh, Maryland, Florida, South Carolina. Um, we have 50, 50, about roughly about 50 new locations that are scheduled to open up in the next uh, one to two years. Um, we got, uh, we're really building out the North Jersey area, the Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area we're, we're building out right now. Um, we have a, a handful of locations in the Pittsburgh area. Um, so, so we're pretty much in the East Coast right now. We do have some opportunities for um, more you know, central West Coast, but we want to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that, that we're ready for We want to make sure you know, the quality and consistency stay the same um, from the original store in South Philly to where we grow. But, you know, our footprint right now is up and down the East Coast. I was actually going to touch on the consistency because you, you had mentioned, you know, you – train everybody and that's you know pertinent to the consistency of what they receive from you guys um now i wanted to touch base off of that um that primos is going to be having a huge um you know hoagie hoagie fest basically actually i probably should step away from that particular phrasing (laughs) but um (laughs) i know that you guys are going to have a bunch of deals um at primos so i don't you know if you would love to discuss what our listeners can get come in the week coming up, you know, I would love to hear from you. Um, so we have our big national hoagie day campaign coming up. That's May 5th. And we have on May 5th, we're doing five ninety nine primo size, Italian turkey and ham and cheese hoagie. And then leading up to national hoagie day, we're doing some fun, fun things for our reward members. Starting Thursday, we have a thirsty Thursday campaign with Pepsi. You get a free Dole lemonade with with a hoagie order. And then throughout the week, we're doing for our reward members triple points on different hoagies throughout the week. If you go to PrimoHoagies.com, you can find more information. And then also every Wednesday, right now we're doing two dollars off Primo size hoagies if you are a rewards member. So if you're not, you can text Primo to four eight four two seven zero four thousand to join the program, and you'll be eligible for that uh, two dollar off Wednesday and also our Five ninety nine um, National Hoagie Day promotion. Are you as you know taken aback too that they actually scheduled National Hoagie Day the same day of Cinco de Mayo? What disrespect did they pay to both you know both cultures in that one? Like we you know two of the great foods in the world you know Mexican and hoagies and they schedule them on the same day. 
See, you know. Yeah, we, we got we got to go back and figure that one out. See, if we can move these days around, but uh, but it's a fun day. You know, today you're out, you're celebrating, you maybe have a have a, a drink or two, and you know you're hungry and and, and you're eating something. So and hopefully I, it's a, hopefully it's hoagies on that day. Right, and I'm a big believer. There's nothing better on that day to go with a great hoagie from Primos or a great hoagie from anywhere than a couple margaritas. We're all good with that. And by the way, Corona is a great beer with hoagies. Just you know, throwing that out there for everybody. What what does it take to be a franchisee with Primos? Um, so if going our uh, we have a website ownerprimo.com. Uh, if you're looking for more information, um, but no, we, we we're looking for we have a lot of owner operators. We have multi multi unit uh, franchisees, but we're looking for people that are just passionate, passionate about the business, passionate about food. You know, you have to love with you know what you do, and you know we go through. Through a, yeah, an interview process, and you know we want to we want to hear that story and hear you know hear what you're about and hear what you love to do. Um, but we're looking for people that are really passionate. We're looking for foodies. It's a, it's a lot. It, you know our our product, as we we talked a little earlier, it's 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 not just you know you press a button and it's done. There's a lot that goes into our hoagies. So you have to really love you know what you do. You have to love the restaurant, the hospitality business. You know, we, with dealing with the customers and, and the employees, it's it's not a you know a, 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 just a hoagie shop. There's just a lot that goes into it. So um, so that's what we're looking for. You know, you know, people are just passionate passionate about the restaurant business and that you know that 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 love what they do and love this business. It's how you got to be where you're at. That passion was the owner's secret in the beginning. The, you know, they started out and they started out in South Philadelphia and then you know moved down to Center City, Philadelphia, and then there. I believe the third location was Marlton. So, you know, that passion was really a reflection of, you know, what they believed and the quality that he put into his sandwich. And I think that was, you know, reading about the history of Primos, the thing that stuck out is that huge desire to make a great sandwich. Man, that's right. So we started back in the original store in 1992, and then we had a couple a couple years later, um, we were at 21st and Chestnut, and then uh, we were in Marlton, and then we also opened another one in the same time frame on 11th Street across from Jefferson. So we're still there, but all right. So it's all about you know the the the, the passion and the, the quality that went into it. So you know it starts with the bread. You know we bake our bread fresh every few hours. Our produce our produce doesn't come in a bag. That's the, you open the bag, you're ready to go. I mean we 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 get it from our local local produce, and uh, you know everything's sliced that morning. I mean, I, I eat hoagies all the time, and I can tell when 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 if if a produce was sliced that morning or a day before. But you know, there's no shortcuts with Primos. Our our produce is cut the morning of. Our bread's baked every few hours. Every hoagie's sliced uh, fresh to order, and it's not even even the slicing fresh to order is great. But it's the way we slice it, though. Again, there's no shortcuts. How thin we slice the meat to really get that flavor profile out of it. Um, you go to a lot of shops, and the meat's cut a little bit thick. You know, it, could, it takes less time, and we really will practice practically shaving the lunch meat and it's all about the flavor profile we serve a lot of we serve a high quality product everything that we use from our oils to our peppers lunch meats to the bread everything's the highest quality that's what primos has always been about and we really want the customer to taste that we believe by you know the all the uh little things that we do add up to to one big thing that makes primo primo and when you slice that lunch meat thin it really you know it melts it once meat melts in your mouth kind of like a, you know good flaming yarn but you really get that flavor profile out of it when uh, when we do that. You know how we cut that much meat so thin. Hey yeah. Eric, it's uh, your Port Richmond neighbor Kevin Wilson. Uh, let's touch right, on Kevin. <laughs> uh, let's touch on one quick thing because I love your meatball sandwich. Uh, there are other things on that. Your vegetarian sandwiches are excellent. Just take a minute to to talk about those. 
because you're not all just uh, hoagies. You have good other sandwiches also. Yeah, I talked a little bit earlier that meatballs, meatballs been on our menu for probably about roughly six or seven years. It was an addition we added it, you know, after the original menu, um, but it took a while to get there. It was a request that, you know, customers made over the years. And again, we, we don't rush anything out. Excuse me. We don't rush anything out with Primo's. We want to make sure, you know, it's quality. So it is a family recipe that's manufactured for Primo's. You know, it's pork, veal, and beef. And, uh, and, and we have our own our Italian seasoning. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a family recipe. And I'm glad that you love the meatball, and we get that compliment all the time that people can't believe this is you know. This and is you also have you day. also have great vegetarian hoagies. I love the uh, the vegetable hoagies. Yeah, veg, veggie, veg, great option. We, we do uh, eggplant, broccoli rabe, and broccoli rabe made at, you know within the store. Um, you know, roasted pepper, sharp provolone. It's a it's a good blend of of uh, you know veggies, and definitely one of our more popular hoagies. Now, before that, we uh, we move on to our next guest. I just want everybody to know how they can find you on social media. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You know, Primo, you know, search Primo Hoagies. Um, again, you go to PrimoHoagies.com. You can find all our handles on there. Uh, you can also sign up for rewards on our website. Um, just to put it out there again, if you're not a rewards member, you can text Primo to four eight four two seven zero four thousand four thousand. And you can also uh, go to ownaprimo.com if you're interested in uh, franchise. All right. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Um, and again, I want to just let everybody know that you can go out to Primo's and get some great deals coming up this week, um, starting with Meatless Mondays. We touched on the vegetarian yep. uh, hoagies, as well as you know all the delicious other hoagies that are available, including your Primo-sized turkey and cheese, Italian or ham and cheese. Yep, and they're conveniently located, too. They're in Old City. They're in Port Richmond. They're all over. Uh, Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. I love Primo. Happy Hoagie Day. (laughs) I'm a big Primo's fan, so that was a great interview. So let's go to break, and when we come back, we are going to talk to Michael Tuono about this unbelievable fried hoagie. Let's go to break. Tune in to Dining on a Dime to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amaris Pollock and find her across social media at arpollockus at gmail.com. And we're back with our special in studio, John Madden expert analyst, Michael Tuono, TNN Homemade Kitchen, South Philly location. You're iconic in South Philly. Let's talk about your business. Let's talk about these delicious fried hoagies. We were interviewing people earlier, and I was I was trying to gobble down this fried hoagie. It's so delicious. Again, Michael, talk about your business. Uh, well, I am second-generation, family-owned and operated. Um, parents opened their first one, Fifth and Porter in South Philly, 1980. It became an iconic location in itself. Uh, we're there for over 26 years. Second location, the one that I operate out of now in 1984, which we're still there. So we're celebrating now our 41st year in South Philadelphia and beyond, as I've, I've included. Um, as I took over the business, I should say, about 10 years ago uh, from my parents after a 
Well, a little stint as a chemical engineer for quite some years, and then also uh, a DJ and wedding DJ in an entertainment business. Yeah, right, right from um, from South Philly in the hoagie business, right to Villanova chemical engineering slash DJ entertainer slash back into the hoagie business for life. I mean, that's that's definitely a roundabout like a lot. You're covering a lot of different uh, things there. I, I would never um, give up my education for anything. Um, but I would say that when my parents, as I saw that my parents got older and when they closed the first location back in about 2006, it felt like something was missing because people that I know, other family members, even people that moved out of South Philly to say like Florida and things of that nature, when they came back to South Philly, first stop out of the airport was always TNN, whether yeah. it was Fifth and Porter or 18th Mensing, where we're at right now. Um, cousins, friends, they always, they came, I have people, oh, I'm, just came out of the airport, couldn't wait to come here and get a TNN hoogie. Like, that was the first thing. And I was like, you know what? I couldn't imagine my life without that, without my family business being there. Yeah. So it really was an eye-opener when, um, at, you know, when they closed, you know, when they sold the first location because, you know, they were, you know, getting older as it was and couldn't really handle Two, two locations, and me being um, the oldest of my other two siblings was the only one that really was in the business, like through high school, college, and was had that entrepreneurial spirit, and I just couldn't imagine that. So I actually started a catering business out of my entertainment business, rolled that into our hoagie shop, mom-and-pop-style South Philly shop, and then from there just took off. I added our fir- first food truck seven years ago, then our second one four years ago, and now we have three food trucks to service the same great food that we have in our restaurant. We put that on our food trucks. Each one has full kitchens. We bring that to your location, then we service you there. We do huge uh, festivals, hopefully when we get back to right. doing fe- festivals <laughs> and things, but a lot of you know corporate and, and fa- private and family catering events. Now, I want to say that your hoagie in general, like it tastes really good, but then the fact that you're frying it, oh, like the fried it hoagie. just makes it so much better. And yeah. for listeners out there, for a little taste of ASMR, I'm going to bite into the fried hoagie so that you can hear that nice crispy crunch. <laughs> you can't hear it. <laughs> okay. We're trying to give you a real, yeah, real effects see, here. You know, it, it, like I said earlier, um, it came about almost by accident. And then the next day after that party, when we kind of invented the fried hoagie, it came back into the store and in the kitchen and told all the staff and said, look, we came up, we're going to do fried hoagies now. And everybody looked at us like we were crazy. And we're like, what do you, what's a fried hoagie? I'm like, well, I'm going to show you. And right. we whipped up a batter. We make a like ginger ale tempura style batter with a few key secret ingredients. And then we actually take the entire hoagie, encase it in the batter, and then fry that in the fryer. And the crazy thing is that the meat and cheese melt like a stromboli, but the lettuce and tomato actually stay crisp. It's amazing. It is It is really remarkable how it happens. And it looks, looking at it visually, and you can go to the website later and look at some pictures of it, it kind of looks like a giant fritter. It does. But it's a fritter that you bite into, and there's just so much goodness inside and it just screams south philadelphia and chef what do you think about this i know a lot of people that are hoagie aficionados they've eaten ten thousand hoagies this is something different i mean this is a fried hoagie 
And what I love about it, because this is dining on a dime, I'm cheap, and that's why I created the show, is the fried aspect fills me up. I'm actually full just from eating the dough in the fried hoagie part. And this is something, if you're a hoagie aficionado, you think you know everything, you're blogging about hoagies, you have to try a fried hoagie uh, at TNN Homemade Kitchen. And real quick, and then I'll let the chef take over, I just want to let you know that the reason I love TNN Homemade Kitchen is because I went down to try your incredible meatball sandwich. I had a beautiful conversation with your father, your family. You know what I mean? It was a home feel to it on top of having excellent food. Thank so you. I like the atmosphere. Thank you. Well, we try and keep that. We try and keep that in the store as well on the trucks. You'll see me in the store. You'll see me on the trucks. I'm all around. I like to, to get out there and work. And I'm beautiful the name for the truck. Jeet. Jeet. That's Jeet. Right. Jeet. No. That would be a J-E-E-T for our listeners. Yes. Yes. Gad Chef, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure he knows that I love his fam. And just so everyone knows, keeping a Philly, we, when, we sell, when we say fried hoagie, it's P-H fried, not nice. fried. Yes, it's P-H-R-I-E-D hoagies. Nice. Absolutely. So, Michael, one of the other things that your store has that's absolutely fabulous is you make great homemade soups. Yes. And then to tie into a show we did, you guys are real big on a to go to or too good to go app where people can get wonderful discounts on food before it becomes expired or, you know, soup at the end of the day, so on and so forth. You're a big believer in that. You're a big believer in helping the community, feeding people left and right, you know, you're, you're a South Philly legend. I see your trucks yes, everywhere uh, at events uh, when I'm Welcome America, Made in America, all the big festivals in the city, and we're going to come back. We are going to have those festivals yep. again this year, okay, in, in some kind of manner. I know the mayor is going to come to our side sooner or later. Tell us about some of your other products. I know you do pastas. You do a lot of stuff. What else you do? Yeah, and just to touch base a little bit on the Too, Go, Too Good to Go, which is a great app that just came about that really helps us with the one thing I hate and which happens in the food business, of course, is food waste. Yes. I mean, we do a lot of catering jobs and with the trucks and things like that. And the one thing you can't, you know, obviously we make the same fresh food that we use in our store and then we transfer that to our trucks and back again. But we keep everything fresh. We want to make it fresh. When we make pasta, we want to use it that day. And then at the end of the day, say we go do a catering job for 100 people and we bring enough pasta to feed 200 people because we're Italian and that's what we do. Right. <laughs> There's no such thing. It's never enough is never enough. And But then you don't want to, you know, you, you cook that food. You paid for that food. You don't, the, the, me, food in the trash is something that uh. makes my skin crawl. I mean, it's, yes, I even though it might have been, paid for, like a, a, a customer or a client might have paid for that food. And, of course, we also give our clients all the leftovers and things like that. But the one thing you don't want to do ever is see food to go in the trash. So we take that delicious food that we that we make, and then now we have another outlet. So we make a pasta with a little chicken parm and a garlic bread and a salad, and we package that in a too-good-to-go bag. We have our soups that we make fresh, and then we have those leftover Chicken noodle soup, scuttle soup, our lentil soup is amazing. Now, we get to pass that along to other clients at a very reduced price, which is we're not throwing it in the trash. You're getting a great meal at a great price, and we're helping – everyone's helping everyone in basically 
around, which is, and which the, is a the, phenomenal concept. The chef dove deep into the Too Good to Go app in our archives. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, chef. Michael, what's your go-to hoagie for you? What are you eating if you're eating a hoagie? Mm. My quintessential hoagie is is just the old-school Italian hoagie. Nice. And I will say the one thing that my parents started in 1980 that set us apart that no one was doing is that they were the first ones to take an Italian hoagie and got rid of the gudagin because they didn't like that and put pepperoni on there. Okay. So we do the imported ham, Genoa salami, the regular mild provolone cheese, the gabagool, and the pepperoni. Nice. That's what makes it. Nice. The pepperoni makes it. I have to tell you, just listening to you sp- spout off all the Italian <laughs> yeah. it was very exciting in itself. But, you yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know anybody who hasn't sat down and enjoyed a, a good hoagie. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to touch base also. What are some of the vegetarian options that they that you have? Right. Yeah. And we're looking for that. No, we do. And we make a phenomenal eggplant that we also make all in-house. And we don't nice. bread our eggplant. We actually do a seasoned flour and egg wash oh, on okay. our eggplant. And then we make our own, you know, same thing, in-house broccoli rub, in-house roasted peppers. Nice. with Or without the sharp provolone on an eggplant sandwich that people go go crazy for. And that's one of our – and another vegetarian option, which crosses over, we do a big breakfast at our place and then also into lunch, is we make our own house-made tots. Oh, nice. And they are phenomenal. We actually start with a mashed potato – seasoned mashed potato mix. And we used to roll them out by hand. Wow. But now we actually one of um, – we were looking for an, a, a faster way. Even though we still do everything by hand, I had an old meat, brand new meat grinder that, you know, something's for sale and it's in the food business, I buy it. Right. I'm, a, I'm a foodie and a an, and an, and an food instrument lover. And I had a, this meat grinder, brand new, sitting in a box. It had a sausage extruder on it. And I said, you know what? Here we go. So I stuck the things through the sausage extruder. We They come out in tubes. We roll them out like almost like gnocchis. We cut them in little pieces. We egg wash and panko breadcrumb them and fried them, and they're at, we can't even make them fast enough. Wow. <laughs> I love them. I've had your tots before. They're an absolute, you know, just a taste sensation and really something unique. Uh, you know, I'm still struggling with the what you said, you know, with or without the sharp provolone. Pardon my vegan daughter on this one, and I apologize to all the vegans out there in the world, but I didn't know that with or without sharp provolone was an option. <laughs> Listen, not my choice, but <laughs> it's all about the customer. <laughs> and let's promote TNN Homemade Kitchen. Let's talk about where can they find you on social media. What can we do to get a hold of this pride hoagie? That's a lot right. of people talking a lot of talk about hoagies. You have to have the pride hoagie. You got to have the this fried hoagie. This is a different option. And, and as a veggie, going back to veggie, one person came in one day and said, we would like an Italian tuna hoagie fried. Whoa. And that was the, that was the strangest fried, fried Ooh, hoagie that we ever did. Italian tuna. tuna. So tuna fish in yeah. the olive oil that we put green olives, Sicilian green olives on it. Nice. Tomato lettuce, our seasoning. Did it just like we normally do it and then actually dipped that in our batter and fried it in the fryer. And they loved it. And let's talk about where we can find these fried hoagies because we got a lot of foodies listening. Uh, we have... TNHomemadeKitchen.com okay. is our website. And then also, same thing, Twitter, at JeepMobile, uh, Facebook, TN Homemade Kitchen, Instagram, TN Homemade Kitchen, and right in South Philly, 18th and Moyamensing. 
right there in an iconic location since 1984, right on the You plate. guys are legendary. That's right. We got our food truck right outside, like a big building. Can they get a phone number to that location? Sure. Uh, 215-462-1095. A lot of times the phone number's, you know, yeah. easier. All right. And, Michael, final question. Hog Island or <laughs> Al De Palma? I, first time I heard the Al De Palma story, and I like the Al De Palma story. I might have to go Al De Palma. Okay. The Get one thing that crosses over, no matter where it goes to, is that I, what I like is that it all starts with the Italians. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm second-generation Italian and American. What can I say? It all starts with the Italians. And you're going to be hanging around for the poor segment. Yes, I am. And he's going to get more input. Let's go to break, and we'll be back with a fantastic guest in our last segment. You can now listen to all of our past Dining on a Dime podcast. Plus, see over 600 restaurant reviews with photos by going to www.phillyrestaurantreviews.com. Hi, welcome back. On the line, we have Tuan Fung, who is from Bon Mi and Bottles. He is going to be talking about the Vietnamese-style ho- hoagies that are becoming such a popular food item in in the Philadelphia area. Tuan, thank you for calling in. Oh, yes. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Hope you guys have a good day. We are. And um, I have your pork belly uh, Bon Mi hoagie right in front of, uh, in front of us. Oh yes, that's that's one of our bestsellers. <laughs> Half is gone, so yes, we would agree too. <laughs> we had to fight over it. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about what a Vietnamese hoagie is? What actually goes into making it? Okay, so uh, let's uh, take you guys back a little bit, uh, like. In the 1900s, when um, the French was colonized uh, Vietnam, and uh, one of the great things that they bought with them is the the the, um, uh, the baguette, right? Uh, it's the same techniques but different ingredients that we uh, adapt to it, and we uh, make our own bread from the baguette. So the difference is it's uh, a lot thinner, crispier, and very airy in the middle. Um, so pretty much it's the vehicle for what is inside. And uh, to put what's inside of the barmi, usually we put uh, aioli. Uh, we put some type of protein. It could be the braised pork belly you guys have. It could be like, you know, some grilled uh, pork, uh, shrimp, or chicken. And that would be the protein. And um, we use pickles, which is a daikon and carrots pickles, along with... Uh, Cucumber for the crunch and uh, cilantro as um, herbs. So that's pretty much how we uh, made a banh mi. That's awesome. Now, I know that some of the banh mi sandwiches also have all, um, almost a pate that, that gets spread on there too. Do you ever do that for your banh mi sandwiches or um, hoagies? We do, but we, uh, uh, because it's uh, a pate, is a pork pate. So only a certain type of, for example, the, um, the pork belly, we do put pate in there, but we don't put pate in uh, tofu banh mi or chicken banh mi. But uh, we do use pate uh, in any, like, uh, pork-related banh mi if you order. There's, it's promised there's uh, pate in there. Gotcha. Now, um, <laughs> you are located on South Street, which is, you know, kind of an epicenter of a Philadelphia 
favorite area to, to for tourists to go to. How popular is Bottles and Bond Me? Why don't you talk a little bit about Bottles and Bond Me? Uh, oh, yes. So we uh, we opened our doors like a little bit over four years ago. And um, we on 7 and South Street. So it's kind of in the middle of uh, everywhere, uh, which I feel like we are so lucky to be here. Um, it's always a lot of food traffic. Uh, definitely, definitely a lot of like local support for us, especially uh, in 2020. What a crazy year. <laughs> I mean, 21, 2021 is still crazy. We're still here with the whole pandemic, but um yeah, it's a lot of tourists. It's a, definitely a very unique uh, street. Um, there's so much character to it, and I feel like we never really uh, like slow or like lack of tourists. Uh, always people walking by. You can find a lot of weird stuff on South Street. And uh, recently, I feel like the food scene on South Street is definitely like uh, there's a lot of great restaurant moving into the area. Um, and and the the unique of us again is the good combination of the rest like the the neighborhood people, and then the tourists. Exactly. Um, now, because because you touched on you know twenty twenty being a little di- bit difficult, I will say that I was there. I went to uh, Bottles and Bond Me yesterday to pick up the pork belly Bond Me, <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> and I saw that you yes I saw that you had. Um, established an eating area that's you know street side so why don't you tell our listeners you know what you do like what what bond me in bottles because what does the bottles portion of it um stand for and you know some of the other foods that you that you offer at the at the store at the restaurant oh uh yes so as the name bond me in bottles uh we um uh we actually uh, a Vietnamese eatery, but we also very uh, we focus a lot in uh, beers like craft beers. Uh, before the pandemic, we at one point we used to carry like two different, two hundred different type of like uh, craft beer, and uh, we usually uh, go with like a small micro breweries. Uh, but uh, 2020 changed a lot. Uh, we have to reduce the amount of uh, bottles that we carry, but we still have always try to carry like uh, a lot of uh, different type of micro uh, craft beer on draft. Um, but yeah, the name is, is we also have a pool bar. And uh, since day one, we always try to really focus on the crafted cocktail. Uh, that's, I feel like when you go to Asian restaurant, Vietnamese, Chinese, or it doesn't matter, uh, usually the cocktail is not really under the spotlight. And we really want to change that from day one. So we, uh, you know, we make syrups in-house. We use a lot of ingredients we use in the kitchen. Uh, we use fresh coconut. Uh, we chop it open. We take some of it to make cocktail. And you pour it back into uh, our, our cocktail. I mean, uh, the coconut shell. Um, so yeah, it, there's a lot more than just a bunmi here at, at um, a bunmi and bottles. Uh, we have a lot of like you know, great uh, beer on draft or bottles, and definitely a lot of uh, you know unique cocktail. 
Now, you're mentioning unique cocktails. What would be your, if you were to recommend or, you know, sit down and actually have a banh mi, what cocktail would you have and which banh mi would you decide to uh, eat along with that cocktail? Mm. Uh, I think this is the type of questions where, like, um, front of the house, like, server and myself when I'm there, we get asked a lot. So it really depends on your mood. And that's a great thing. We have uh, different varieties of cocktails. Depends on if you are you into like you know clear liquor or you into something dark. Uh, but for this season, uh, I definitely think like a Hanoi Pim Cup uh, with a grilled pork bun is probably what I would order. Oh, I love pork buns. And uh, our, one of my uh, cast members, Gene, has a question for you. So while we're discussing this cocktail idea here, talk to us about your brown liquors, about your bourbons, because I will be coming down in the very near future. And while I'm there, I need to know whether I have to call an Uber home or what's your bourbon and Scotch collection like? So uh, I have to say that, uh, like for myself, I, for some reason, I was into like cider and like cocktail that's a little bit more sweeter and fruitier side. But we definitely have something I would call like manlier type of cocktail. Uh, so for the bourbon, for example, uh, our um, uh, we use uh, Turkey 101 for our um, uh, the East Meets West, which is the coconut, uh, fresh coconut cocktail that we use. Uh, we also call a Ho Chi Minh Manhattan, which is the playoff of the Manhattan. Um, so to answer that question, I would say like our like, you know, hat bartender can probably answer you uh, better. But I don't think we really go into heavily into bourbon or like dark uh, liquor, even though we have a few like common options. But if it's something like super rare, that it could be $75 for a drink, we don't have that. That's okay. I'm okay with the Turkey 101. Thank you. <laughs> now, what, um, given that it is a Vietnamese eatery, what uh, liquor do you have that would be uh, related to the Vietnamese, uh, hold on, the Vietnamese uh, markets? Uh, we, uh, we, in Vietnam, we, uh, our main liquor is uh, rice-based. So it's almost like sake, but is uh, is unfiltered. Then I would say like it's not, it doesn't taste that great. So I think the closest I would say is probably vodka. Uh, it just vodka is like filtered so many times, and it becomes like a lot smoother. Um, Taking because of the, uh, the the climate in Vietnam, the tropical region is really hot. So I think something like uh, light liquor seems to be more popular. Okay. Now, um, what would your favorite, hands down, hoagie be? Vietnamese hoagies versus actual, like, Americanized hoagies? Um, it really depends on my mood. Like, I'm on South Street, and that could be a week that I have uh, two cheesesteak in one week. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it really depends. Um 
but that's why like our bunny is uh, is still carry like the all the uh, traditional ingredients but uh, for example we put in a little bit of extra protein it could be let's say we put in extra protein compared to traditional uh, Vietnamese banh mi where it's actually like a lot less protein and more like cucumber and other things so i would say depends on my mood so i could pick cheese steak one day and the other day i'll eat a banh mi gotcha i i mean or you could just go both you know really be gluttonous and enjoy everything <laughs> oh yes yes <laughs> um so before we actually let you go how can people find you on social media uh we are on instagram we are on facebook um but yeah you can find us definitely on instagram and facebook and what would people look for bond me in bottles yes bond me in bottles um yes okay so and then where can they find you in philly uh we are on south street which is you know it's a great um street if you're here in philadelphia for a day or two definitely check out south street uh but we are at 714 south street okay and is there a phone number we can reach you at Yes, our store phone number would be 215-800-1533. Okay. And we open six days a week. Awesome. All right. So, Tuan, thank you for joining us on Dining on a Dime. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much, guys. Yeah, right. have a good one, guys. You do. Let's give our tags. Uh, PhillyRestaurantReviews.com has 121 past episodes. Dining on a Dime, number one. Chef. You can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum, or feel free to reach out to me at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two, at yahoo.com. Amaris. And you can find me across most social media platforms using my full name, Amaris Pollock, A-M-A-R-I-S-P-O-L-L-O-C-K, or A-R Pollockus. And we will see everyone next week.